Hello, everybody. Terence Lehu here with another episode of the Intellectual Agrarian Podcast, where we talk philosophy from the farm. Today, we're doing something a little different. As you know, we like to experiment here at the Intellectual Agrarian Podcast. And today, we are bringing you the first of perhaps several book club episodes. We're going to pick a book and read it and review it. Today, we are taking a look at By the Shores of Silver Lake. Before we start, I also want to remind you that if you listen to the end of today's episode, you'll get a brief preview of next week's interview. So stay tuned, and let's discuss By the Shores of Silver Lake by Laura Ingalls Wilder. Written by Laura Ingalls Wilder, this book forms the fifth of the Little House books. I personally chose to listen to it on audio, as most of the books that I enjoy narratively listening to, I choose to listen to an audio format. Most nonfiction that is not necessarily a narrative, I will personally read. That's just how I intake the information best. But particularly with the Little House series, Cherry Jones gives an excellent performance. She narrates not just this book, but all of the Little House books, and the beginning and end of the chapters are even spiced with fiddle music by Paul Waddell. It gives an extra level of production value to the book that most audiobooks don't make the effort to, unless, of course, they're a Star Wars audiobook. And while you can easily enjoy the book in its actual type, the audio format works best for me and appeals to my sense of amusement. The story picks up after the family has been sick with scarlet fever in Plum Creek. Mary, the eldest daughter, and Laura's sister, is now blind. Within this book, we find the first of Laura's purposeful using her ability to translate the world around her, an ability that she later in turn uses when she writes these books. She looks at things and then explains to Mary what she sees, adding a narrative flourish to the world around her. As a note, though these books do contain autobiographical elements, they are best treated as historical fiction. They are elements changed to make it a better story, and as such, it serves as an excellent illustration of life during the Homestead Act. The family moved from Plum Creek to South Dakota, where the opportunity to work is with the railroad. Pa is excited to find a homestead and uses the job with the railroad to pay a way for him and his family to move out to South Dakota. One of the things that impressed me upon the re-listen here was how Pa got the job. It's often said it's not what you know, but who you know, and this was true even then as it is now. Pa was qualified for the job, of course, that he was hired for, but the job he got was because it was a family member who also worked for the railroad and knew Pa was looking for a change. Networking happened just as much then as it does now. Moving to the railroad and putting up a shanty, we see a snapshot view of how the railroads were built and the traveling camps that built them. While not as gritty or dark as, say, Hell on Wheels, which may give a more accurate depiction, it is also one of the first times we really see Pa and Ma worried about their daughters in the company of the rough men that worked on the rails. We get a little bit more of a picture of the danger that people lived with in the West. 
once the railroad is completed and the camp moved on to the next part of the railroad, the Ingalls family stays behind. To weather the winter, they are fortunate enough to stay in the house built by the surveyors. Pa became friendly with the surveyors, and the surveyors, who didn't necessarily want to weather the winter, they offered the house to the Ingalls family. Especially since food was already stocked in the pantry, they said, why not take it? It's in this moment when the Ingalls family has the opportunity of a full winter supply of food already stacked and prepared for them that we really see the value that they held for what they ate. In a time of abundance, we really don't get to appreciate what it means to store up supplies for the winter. We don't tend to go without having a local grocery store where we can jog out for basic food. Over the winter, they bored folks coming to settle the country until a hotel was built, charging something to make it worth their while. It demonstrates accurately the rush to settle the state, with a town rising out of nothing. The book is more or less entirely a setup for the rest of the narrative of the Ingalls family, and the building of the town of DeSmit. As far as it goes, it's a good story and a wonderful picture into frontier life. I hope you get a chance to read By the Shores of Silver Lake yourself. If you haven't, it's well worth it. And if you already have, you know what a great story it is. What are your takeaways from the book? Let me know. You can drop us a message on Instagram or on Facebook, or you can tweet me at T underscore Lehew. One letter, T underscore Lehew. Now here is a brief preview of our upcoming episode next week with Cliff McConville from All Grass Farms. Well, I called the state. They said, oh, well, <clears throat> there is no rules, but right now there, there's kind of a, an accepted way of doing it, which is mm-hmm. the customers have to come to the farm where the cows are milked. They have to bring their own container. Mm-hmm. And you can't advertise it, whatever that means. Like, what's advertising? <laughs> you mean I, I can put a sign? You can't put a sign up? Or, you know, so there was... Mm-hmm. And that was all that there was. And so I said, oh, okay, well, I can abide by those rules. And and then I'm like, well, if I put it on my website, is that advertising it? You know, it was was kind of loosey-goosey. There was, Mm -hmm. you know, there was milk coming in from other states. There was people, I soon met lots of people that were selling raw milk, you know, and they were sort of maybe following the rules. Some were dropping it off in places. And so... Uh, so I was like, I think we're fine. I'm following the rules. And so for the, about a year, everything was good. And then <clears throat> I heard from Donna O'Shaughnessy um, that there was this committee that had been formed by the Department of Public Health. You can hear the rest of that interview next Monday. Thank you again for listening. What did you think of our book club episode? We'll announce what the next book club episode will be for the next month in about a week or so. So be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, where you can see the announcement. Thank you again for listening. This has been Terrence Lehew and the Intellectual Agrarian Podcast reminding you to keep farming the dream.